Hey everybody, Justin White here, and you're about to listen to episode 10 of Power Forward. Our guest is Anthony Casa, chairman of AIM, or the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. Anthony walked away from a highly successful business to help thousands of entrepreneurs find success of their own. He'll tell you why he did it and explain how leaders can help their team achieve results they never thought were possible. Anthony has a fascinating personal story. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade and started working full time. He's also the son of a former professional boxer. You'll find out how Anthony was shaped by his upbringing and how a lesson he learned from his prize fighting father has fueled his success in business. We also get into building a successful company, including Anthony's thoughts on how leaders can earn loyalty from their team the most important person you can hire if you're starting a business, and how to deal with your critics. All that and more with Anthony Casa, right now on Power Forward. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to inform, entertain, and educate. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice, opinions, or endorsements of any kind. This is Power Forward. Okay, welcome back to Power Forward, Justin White, alongside Mateen Cleves. Mateen, what's going on, my friend? Oh, man, just living a dream, Jay White. Don't wake me up. Well, uh, speaking of waking up, I, I got up early this morning because of our guest today. I got up at 4.30 this morning. Oh, wow. Went out, got a run in, felt really good about myself. <laughs> and then I realized that our, our guest today, for him, 4.30 is like sleeping in. <laughs> Our guest today is Anthony Casa. He is the chairman of AIM, also known as the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. Anthony, welcome to Power Forward. I'm really grateful to be here. I'm a big fan. I've watched or listened to all the episodes so far, so I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. All right, so just to confirm, what time did you actually wake up today? Because I know you are a really, really <laughs> early riser. Only because I didn't get in on my flight till 1. I woke up at 4.30. Oh, but, wow. But generally speaking, I'm up like 2.45. This guy is a machine. He's I mean, a machine. 2.45, I mean... I know people ask me like, "What do you do at that early in the morning?" I'm like, "You have no idea how I've, I have get three to four hundred inbound communications from brokers from all over the country every day, so I could just respond to them into perpetuity. That alone, <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if like forever, like it would just be a never ending thing. But um, you know, I record videos and I send them to different brokers across the country. Um, you know, I I get all my my uh, email communications out. So it's really my time to myself. And then obviously, once my team gets in from AIM, um, that's when it's their time. You know, I spend the rest of the day with them. Well, you don't just wake up, no pun intended, <laughs> and have the ability to to get up that early and, and get yourself going, get your day going that early. How are you wired in a way that you're able to do that and be that energized and be uh, getting stuff done in the, I won't even call it the wee hours of the morning because <laughs> quite honestly, it's the middle of the night still. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I, I would say this, it's, it's something I, I used to not embrace, but I embrace now fully. Um, but I was always just one of those people where I just have a ton of nervous energy where like we would go, my, me and my family would go on a vacation to the beach. 
and I would last maybe an hour. Like I couldn't sit on the beach. I just couldn't relax. So I was just somebody that I've just very busy minded. I'm always thinking about different things and, you know, just I'm just a busy minded person. So um, I don't know if it's just the way I'm wired or, or what it is, but um, I've always been that way. What is it like? <laughs> did anybody instill work ethic in you at an early age? Like, yeah, I mean, I definitely work ethic. I, I, it's transition because I 100%, I started working when I was 13 years old, okay. full time, uh, you know, dropped out of school in the eighth grade um, because my dad had a stroke and I was kind of the next person in the family to help, uh, you know, provide for my family. So I went to work full time at that point. So I've been working 60, 70 hours a week for basically my entire life. You know, 13 years old is when I start working like that. But, you know, it's no longer work for me. Like, there's been this transition. And, and, you know, people always give me stuff, you know, work-life balance. You know, you got to relax and all that stuff. But to me, it's just all the same thing. It's what I actually enjoy doing. So it's like it's not work for me. I actually like going to the office. Like, on a Sunday, I'll tell myself, oh, I'm not going to work today. I'm going to stay home. There's no chance. Like, there's no, like, I'm, I'm going to, one way or another, I'm going to make it to the office. So um, it's just, you know, it's what I love doing. I'm, I'm grateful that I found something I love doing because I know so many people that don't like what they do every day. So, you know, I'm fortunate. What, what is it about this career, this business that really appeals to you? Because obviously you have a great, great passion for it. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting because at, you know, my brokerage, Garden State Home Loans, up until I left it uh, at the end of last year, um, everybody always thought, like, this guy's going to die at Garden State Home Loans. Like, he'll never sell it. He's always going to be here. But, and then I found what I'm doing now, and I, I have a great passion for this. Um, I, I think it's just one of those things where I, I enjoy people. I, I think that's the biggest thing is, like, realistically – uh, one of my greatest, like, you know, fulfillment uh, things I do is, like, being able to, like, meet somebody that today doesn't do what they're doing. I help them make this their living, and I help them, you know, build confidence, encourage them, get them to the point where they start to, like, not only do their job well, but, like, really start to be this, you know, leading force. And I've had the fortune of doing that over the last, you know, eight years of my business. I, I, you know, I had my processors that came to work for me, no experience, and I watched them get married, have kids, buy a home, like do the whole thing. And like being able to be like part of that process is, is, is amazing. So, you know, I'm just, I really think I'm just a people person. Like I'm just somebody that likes to enjoy seeing people succeed and you know, like contributing to their success. You know, I, I hate to call it like coaching because that's like the, the popular thing these days. But like truthfully, that's what my that's what my uh, skill set is. Is I'm truly going to be some of those people that knows how to motivate people. You left a successful business. What what what's up with that? Well, you know, it's because I get I, I get that all the time, and I I think it's it's interesting because uh, it was hard initially. It was really hard, um, but you know, for me, it wasn't even betting on myself. It's like. I felt like I had kind of reached my maximum potential there okay, when it comes okay. to from a, like, hey, yeah, we're making a lot of money. We're closing all loans. But, you know, I want to touch more people. I want to impact more people. I, w- I want to have a much bigger impact than just being the top broker in New Jersey or the top broker in the country. So, you know, when I looked at this opportunity with, with AIM and, and even, you know, what started out with Brawl, you know, I saw – Every time I touched a broker, I was like, man, like, I could help these people. Like, you know, they, they, you know, they need this encouragement. They need this leadership. They need somebody to help them build confidence in themselves and their businesses. And, and you know, that's, it's, it's been an interesting, you know, 18 months because, you, you know, you talk to a lot of brokers that I've been in touch with and you'll, you'll hear people tell you definitively, like, I never would have took that risk. I never would have done that. I never would have had the confidence in myself. So, you know, sometimes people just need that person that believes in them for them to believe in themselves. And, and you know, I think that's, that's 
one of my biggest skills is the fact that like I can help bring the best out of you. And, and, you know, it's, uh, it's something I pride myself on. I literally always have gone through my life and said, I know what you see your ceiling as, and I'm going to get you way, like you're going to be way further than that, but I'm not going to tell you that that's the game plan now. I'm going to make sure I encourage you. I'm going to push you every day. I'm going to get you out of your comfort zone. I'm going to get you to the point where you have the confidence in yourself to go for that, you know, next North star. So, you know, I, it's 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 fun. It, it's a lot of fun. But you you have to to build some credibility to have people buy in and, and believe what you're telling them, right? So so how do you establish that with people? You know, with your audience and the people that follow you and really look up to you. How do you establish yourself as somebody that they really believe in and establish that credibility from the start? Well, the, I've had the same formula for almost the last ten years, and, and to me, it comes down to this: is is in order for people to believe in you, like truth truly be loyal, believe in you, be willing to you know, run through a wall for you, they have to clear a couple boundaries, a couple of hurdles. And number one is you have to talk the talk, okay? Um, you have to walk the walk, I'm sorry. So, you know, you can't just say, hey, go do this, go do that. You have to actually every day be waking up and, and working your butt off. So everybody knows how hard I work. Like anybody that's in my life, they know because I'm reaching out to them at three o'clock in the morning. I'm sending them emails. I'm always in the office. I'm always working for them and with them. Um, but the next thing is, you know, to build trust, it really comes down to this. Number one, you have to be reliable. When somebody comes to you and you, and you are actually always there for them, whether it's just picking up a phone call when they need somebody to talk to at night because they had a bad day or whether they have an issue that you stepped in and helped them resolve, if you're reliable, that's the first path to success or, excuse me, trust. Then you're consistent. If you, every single time they come to you, you're always there. You're always working. You're always doing your thing. You're very consistent. So you're reliable and you're consistent. If you can do those two things and deliver results, meaning help people grow, help, you know, help support them in their growth, then they're going to trust you. And if you can you know, get to that point, and again, it's taken me 18 months to get to this point with a lot of brokers or some that were early adopters and early supporters. Um, but at this point, I, I have a very large network of brokers that I'm constantly in communication with. And we have this trust because they know it's not a facade. They know it's not, hey, Anthony is doing this for some false reason. It's all about you know, in my in my sense, it's all about us. You know, and when I say us, it's you know the brokers and me and what we're trying to accomplish. And you you took a, an organization with with AIM, a, basically what started right as a, as a grassroots organization, and it has really just exploded. Um, there's people all over the country that are really passionate about this cause now. When it comes to to doing that and that process, taking something from grassroots and really building it up, what do you think have been the biggest keys? Um, you know, I think. Uh, first and foremost, I would tell you that authenticity is, is number one. So, mm. you know, I've been very consistent in not being willing to, you know, turn a blind eye to anything. You know, if, if, if you're a lender that would want to be a sponsor of AIM, but you don't exactly do the things that help support brokers, we're not going to take your money. You're not going to be a sponsor. So I do think that matters. I think, you know, being able to be in a situation where brokers can look at me and say, he's 100%, you know, biased to us and he's not willing to be, you know, nobody can buy him. Um, and then more than anything, I, I, I do think it's, it's, you know, what are the results? What are your actions telling us? You know, are you truly all in this for, your, for us or is this about your brand? Um, and I think, you know, in my messaging and everything I've done, I actually kind of have had a maturation because early on, you know, I would, I would get with my team at AIM and they would tell me, oh, well, you know, we got to record this video and it has to be polished and it has to be cleaned up. And, it, you know, I'm not exactly somebody that's in front of cameras, so I would never be comfortable. So I would do these videos and it would be like, uh, but, you know, I, I would just, you know, the message would not be authentic. 
So I just said, I'm going to get these people out of the way. And I'm just going to you know, send videos to some brokers all over the country based on what I'm feeling at that minute and how I can help them. And, you know, that's helped me have that connection because it's it's unfiltered. It's authentic and it's real. And you said something that caught my attention and I think is very important. And I hope our listeners were paying attention. You said you can't be bought. Um, in, in, in today's world, like a lot of people, um, I, I was always told all money ain't good money. <laughs> you know, I was told that at an early age. And talk about the importance of, of not being able to be bought and surrounding yourself around good people uh, first. You, you know, it, it, it's definitely something that I've had an evolution. It's not who I always was. I mm-hmm. want to tell you that. Um, you know, I went through a period of time for, you know, I got in the mortgage business when I was 18. Okay. Came from really, really, you know, poor upbringing. My my whole entire family's net income for a year is never more than $17,000. So we never made a lot of money. Five kids, the whole, you know, seven uh, families, seven. But, you know, when I got in the mortgage business, I saw this opportunity with money and I always kind of was monetarily driven. Even though I didn't necessarily have like fancy cars or doing that stuff, it was all about the, you know, hey, I just want to make more and more money because I came from nothing. But then I hit a point where I kind of, you know, I I don't want to say I hit all my goals, but uh, one year I really did hit all my goals. And it was really kind of like, okay, I made all this money. I saved all this money. And I remember kind of like looking inward and just kind of thinking about it and saying like, this is what, you know, are you happy? Is this, is this really what your drive is for? And that's, you know, it was, it's a, it's kind of an interesting uh, moment in my life because that's when I completely changed who I was and my focus. It was no longer like, hey, I'm going to focus on money. I'm, gonna, you know, I'm not going to be monetarily driven. I'm going to be purpose driven and I'm going to focus on, you know, how can I make people better? And, you know, I, you know, you hear Matt say it all the time and I love it when he says it. Is he says, you know, you know, money follows success, yeah. you know, focus on success. So for me, I'm focused on success, but I'm also focused on, you know, helping people because we're at a we're at a unique time in history where the whole world is trying to focus on uh, streamlining jobs and eliminating people and, you know, technology, this technology, that. And my whole thing is I don't I don't believe in that. Actually, I actually think that, like, you know, if we spent the same amount of time focused on investing in technology that we do in people, they would outperform technology, you know, technology all day long, and it would be personalized, and the customer experience would be better, and uh, the relationships would be better, and the companies would be stronger. Well, we know that you are not afraid of a fight. We know that you have a, a passion for your cause, and we also know that you have uh, your adversaries that are out there. Um, speaking of which, fighting <laughs> runs in the family because your dad. This is this is crazy. When I saw this, I couldn't believe it. Your dad is Jimmy Casa who fought Raging Bull, Jake LaMotta. Not only did he fight him, <laughs> he went the distance with him at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so uh, interesting story. That's so my, a big deal That's a big now. deal. So wow. people, people listening might say, well, you know, uh, how old is Anthony? If that was that. So my dad, it was his second marriage. He had me when he was pretty late in life, 64 years old. Um, obviously, my mom was younger than him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, you know, my dad lived a great life, you know, World War II veteran, professional boxer, entrepreneur, um, ups and downs the whole night. And the version of, of my dad that I got was, you know, it was at the end of it, you know, he was 60, you know, when I was getting the experience, he was in the 70s. So. I got a lot of great stories. I remember growing up thinking like, oh, you know, it stinks. My dad, I can't play catch with them. I can't do the things that all my friends and their dads do. But the life lessons that I was able to get from him were just, you can't, I can't even put in perspective. Um, just somebody that really taught me how to, 
how to communicate, how to listen, um, how to be, um, you know, a hard worker, how to, you know, just put your blinders on and focus. I mean, that was one of the biggest things that he always said to me. It was like, the, the life is full of distractions, whether, you know, distractions can be anything. Um, yeah. And, you know, he really helped me focus. And, and that's the one skill that I would say has, has been probably the biggest contributor to my success is I'm somebody that can't be distracted. Like, I don't watch sports. I don't play fantasy football. I don't do anything other than the things that I want to be doing, which is my family and work. And uh, that's why, you know, I've always had so much success. But, yeah, my dad was a great guy, professional boxer, um, and just total legend of a human being. That's crazy. <laughs> like, wow. I, I mean, and, and you, let me, you talked about focus. And it's funny because um, I was um, looking at your Instagram. I was stalking your Instagram. <laughs> and you had uh, Jimmy Iovine on there. And it was, yeah. he was talking about how, like, you know, they put blinders on these horses. So when they're racing, they can't be detracted. They, they stay focused on the task at hand. And um, are you a big Jimmy Iovine fan? Or I was after I saw that. So, so <laughs> Did you watch the documentary? I, yeah, I watched the, the documentary. It's, one of my, it's actually one of my favorite documentaries. I've, I've probably watched it a hundred times. Um, you know, th- that's exactly right. It's like wh- one of the things that, you know, when people talk about Steve Jobs, they, they talk about a lot of different things. But the one thing that I picked up about Steve Jobs, I watched a video of um, somebody that worked for him, and they talked about his focus. And basically one of the things that he excelled at was like, his ability to sit there and say, hey, we're working on this right now. And there might be another idea that comes up that is a multi-billion dollar idea. It might be a game changer over here. But we need to be so focused on what we're already working on that we're willing to say no to this other idea because we can't get distracted. If, if we get distracted from this and now we're putting 50% into two ideas, we're never going to make it great. And, and, and that's kind of something I've lived my life by, which is, and it, it's hard um, because there's a lot of sacrifices that go with that. But, you know, at Garden State Home Loans, that was a dilemma that I had was I was sitting here and, you know, I'm, I'm work. I started Brawl. Brawl became this huge movement. All these brokers are supporting the effort, um, built a lot of great relationships and put in. in on Garden State Home Loans, and I'm putting 50% in on Brawl, and the results were okay, but they weren't if if I was 100% focused on one or the other. So, you know, I had to make a decision. Where do I want to focus? Where do I want to spend my time? Um, And and, and what is going to be most impactful? And it was clearly, you know, focusing on brokers. That's, you know, when I I was recruited out of high school, I know you're not a big sports guy, (laughs) but I was recruited out of sports in high school to play both sports, football and basketball. And that what was told to me, you know, you got to choose one, especially on this level, because you you probably be good at one at both, but you never be great at yep. one or the other. So I chose to play basketball and it worked out for me. So I totally get where you're going with that. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I'm sure you get asked, you know, for a lot of advice, you know, from other leaders out there in business, you know, how how to have success or, you know, how you go about things. So what are the the biggest focal points for you, you would say, big picture? in terms of the way you approach being in business? I think, you know, most of the, it's, it's funny because I do get asked a lot. And I, I, I talk to a lot of different people that run mortgage companies, big mortgage companies, like the lenders that brokers work with. And they ask me that those kind of questions. And, and the funny thing is, it's like the answers are not going to be things that like, if you're building a business that you're going to think are the things. The things that matter are, you, you know, to me, if I was going to start a company tomorrow, my number one person that I would be focused on is my person that's going to help me build my culture. So like whether it's a human resources leader or just a culture-focused person, um, it, it, that is so critical to the success of the company because 
at the end of the day, in order for me to be successful at, at the level that I'm gonna, I want to be successful, I need everybody to believe in, in what we're doing. And you need to have the commitment from the point of interview. You know, are you going to be somebody that's going to come here? Is this going to be a job? Are you going to be on Facebook all day? Or are you going to be focused on helping us fulfill our mission? So um, number one, I would say focusing on people and culture. Um, number two, I would say is definitively um, being you know, consistent with your with the way you message things, and and, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, I, I was one company in particular. They told me about this whole situation they had where they sent a, a email blast out to brokers about this new initiative that they just announced, and um, all their internal people were you know up in arms because they didn't know about it. So they messaged it out to brokers that they're doing. Then when the brokers called in their loan, their AEs and stuff, they had no idea about it. And, and I, I try to make them understand like communication is needs to be amazing throughout the organization. Your, your customer needs to get communicated to, your employees need to be communicated to, everybody needs to be on the same page. It's so important. So for me, it's people, it's communication. Um, and, and, and the last thing is, is identifying what your goals are up front, because goals do change. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, if you don't have any goals, if you don't have any idea of what you're trying to accomplish, it, it really is tough to get people to you know, show up early. It's really it's to get people inspired. If they're just in there saying, hey, we're just trying to do more, you know, okay, great. We're trying to do more, but like, what are we striving for? It's, you know, am I inspired to do more or am I inspired because the whole team is focused on achieving this goal? Um, and, and I think you guys have seen here at UWM, it's like, you know, I come here and my people, when I send them out here, they always say, they're like, you know, what do they put in the coffee at UWM? <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, you know, they don't put anything in the coffee. It starts with Matt. It starts at the top. It's part of, um, you know, it's who he is. It's not fake. And, and I tell people all the time, it's like, the guy is real. And, you know, yes. his mission and the way he thinks about things and the way he treats people, it's, I've never seen anybody that really, you know, is, is that good at so many different things. And you talked about, and I, I took, I'm taking notes here. Now I'm telling you, Anthony, I'm locked in. You, you mentioned people, communication, being consistent, and goals. And I think the people are the foundation. I yep. mean, you build a house, you got to have a foundation. And I, if the people are, the foundation is not right, it's not going to work. And you mentioned goals because what I've noticed with some people, they're afraid to set goals. And they don't, they don't set goals because they're afraid they won't hit the goal. So in that situation, say you set a goal and your team doesn't hit it. What's the process from there? Well, I think I think you evaluate why you didn't hit it, and, and, and it shouldn't be a surprise that you didn't hit a goal. Like to me, it's it's the goal is one piece of the puzzle. It's really the process that you're going about to get to the goal. So you know, you know, we talked about a lot at Garden State Home Loans. Hey. We want to do this many more loans. Okay, well, how are we going to do it? We're going to increase the number of calls our salespeople are making. We're going to buy more leads. We're going to hire assistants. Um, we're going to send out uh, requests for referrals from past clients. Like We put an entire strategy in place. And as we went along and we started to see the results of it, we would be able to say, oh, wait, the results aren't what we thought, so we're not going to hit our goal. We either have to change directions or add you know, a different way to generate business. Um, but it's a process, and there should be full transparency about about everything in that process, and and also full transparency and accountability with, you know, who's doing what. You know, it, it it's healthy for people to understand if you know a group or a team is pulling more weight than others, so that everybody understands. Like we have to, you know, make up for that. We have to do more. Um, but you know, uh, to your point, I think you know goals are important, 
But if you don't have the ability to understand that, like sometimes you're going to miss goals. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. not going to you're not going to win the championship the, every time. And I love sitting down in meetings with our team and talking about like when we missed a goal, because you could really you know you see it in people's faces. Do they care? Are are they emotionally tied to it like I am? And, you know, what you learned is that they were. They were all, like, everybody was bought in. And when we missed a goal, it was like, oh, yeah, this really does stink. We don't want to feel like this again. But having those conversations during good and bad is really, really important. And that that's where the passion comes in, right? Whether it's a, a cause or a goal that you're chasing after. I mean, I get... I get young young people sometimes will ask me about the television industry, right? I used to work in TV, and they'll ask me about getting into TV and what does it take. And the first thing I always tell them is you got to be 100% in. you got to be passionate for it because guess what? If you're not, there's 100 other people out there who are, and they're going to get there before you do. In your right. business, when you're, when you're advising people, I mean, where does passion play into it? You know, it... it, it it's it's funny because it's passion's important. It really is, but you don't need passion from everybody. You know, you can have like I I would always tell people like my people that were consistent and reliable, but not very like you know enthusiastic or passionate. They just hey, listen, I'm going to come in every day. I'm going to give you an honest forty every week, and I'm going to get my job done. I'm going to be. You're always going to be able to count on me. And they might not be rah rah. They might not have that passion or fire, but. You need that. You need those people because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's those are foundational people. The people that are passionate, you know, they help drive the organization. They help keep the spirit of everything going. But I think it's equally important to have both passion and the reliability. I think I think sometimes people get, you know, caught up in like the mundane part of the of the of, of building things and like doing the hard work. And one of the things, like I tell everybody now, it's like. I look back at all the businesses I've been involved in, Garden State Home Loans. I look at AIM as, you know, it's a business, it's a startup. I love this part of the business. Like, I literally love the hard work. Like, I, I like I really do. The, the days where you're just sitting there and you're going through and you don't know if it's going to work out. Like, the days where you're discouraged, like, oh, horrible day. Why am I doing this? Da, da, da. All right, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Like, you do, I love that. I really, really do. When you reach the top or when you have the success and, like, you're starting to, like, you know, oh, da, 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 not take it as serious. I don't know. I never enjoyed that part of it. I really, I really enjoyed the building and like, like the being a part of a team and like really struggling to succeed and, and really not being not sure if you're going to succeed. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's yeah. fascinating. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Anthony, I tell you, because that's why you're having success. See, a lot of people, they are, they're happy with the holding up the trophy. Yeah. You are wired a little different, man, yeah. to sit up here and say you love the hard work. Like, what athlete says, I love running sprints, <laughs> or I love lifting weights, or like in, in business, or I love stand, staying over time and doing extra hours. I think you got to be wired a little different, man, with that with that approach. You you, you do, and, and it's not normal, and I don't expect people to be this way, and, and it, like, you know, there's people tell me all the time, you know, you got to live, you got all this stuff. And, 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 you know, we'll see what happens with the rest of my life. But this is what I enjoy. Like, you know, I mean, this is just the way I'm wired. Just like some people like uh, Friday after work going and getting beers and hanging out with their buddies and playing whatever pool. And, you know, like to me, I actually look forward to Mondays. And that's like my my uh, my wife would always really give it to me hard. And she would tell me like, you know, like Sunday at noon, 
you might as well not be here. You might as well just get out of the house because all you like you're pacing around the house. All you want to do is get to work and like that's that this is like like my sport. Like this is my thing that I get to do every day and like work at it. So it's, you know, not everybody has that passion for it. I, I like that mentality, but speak for yourself. <laughs> I'll take my weekend. Well, I you know what I love I love the fact I love the fact that you you mentioned that you don't watch sports, but we keep bringing it back to sports. And as you were talking about reliability being such a valuable asset i was thinking about a football analogy think about an offensive line you know it's not enough to have the star quarterback to complete a pass you got to have that old line that can protect the quarterback and keep him upright so i think it's a great point we keep bringing it back to sports which obviously we love yeah. um, <laughs> but i want to ask you about as a leader taking the hits you know you you go against the grain you've taken on big banks in your role with with aim um, and, and you are the focal point of your organization for both good yeah. and, and for bad. <laughs> so as a leader, what does it take to put yourself in that position where you are going to take some of the hits along with the success? Well, I think, I think you have to be numb to any of it. Like you have to be numb to the good and the bad. Like if, if you're going to celebrate wins, if you're going to get down and out when you're losing, um, if you're going to let people's, what they say or, or think about you impact your ability to execute on a day-to-day basis, you're not going to be a good leader. Like you're just not. You have to be willing to take the criticism. You have to be willing to be so um, uh, so confident in what you're doing that you know it's right. And I, I've been on both sides of that. And you know, unfortunately for most people, they don't understand strategy. So like a lot of the things are strategic, you know, whether it's, you know, calling out certain things, doing certain things, it, it, it's, it's, it's specifically, um, you know, provocative because we're, you know, it's a strategy. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, for me taking the criticism and taking, uh, you know, the feedback from all these people, it's, you know, it's just being able to keep my people focused. You know, that's my main thing is I can handle anything. Like there's nothing I can't handle but I want to make sure my people don't think differently, you know, because they might not get it. They might get lost. In, oh, I saw these people on social media saying Anthony's this, that, and the other thing. So I have to keep them understanding the why behind everything. That's why communication is so important. Um, but you know, if if you invest in your people, if if they if they believe in you, then you can overcome all those things. That's why that's why it's so important to make those investments. Because if you don't, then when things are down, people leave. People will jump ship. Um, and and for me, I haven't had those issues at all. Sounds like a head coach, right? Like taking oh, the yeah. hits, like when somebody from the media maybe criticizes a player, and you can obviously relate to that with your playing experience. Definitely. You know, as a leader, you have to be able to take those hits. Uh, I remember, you know, our coach, he would give us all the praise whenever we won. I mean, good. And he would get on us behind doors, but in, out in front, in front of the media, he would take all the hits. And I think great leaders, um, that's a certain mentality that you have to have. And if you have that approach, I think your your team members will appreciate you more and probably even go over and beyond for you. I, I, I agree completely, and I, th- I think it's 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 something that you know to this day. You know, we've had we've had hurdles when it comes to a bunch of different things that we've done over the last year. Whether you know we, whether expectations weren't there or, or whatever it was, it's you know to me, I'm the leader. It's on me. It's my obligation. If I don't deliver, then. It's on me, and um, you know, to me, I've, I've been very clear in, in, the, in, in taking responsibility. But it's it's one thing to take responsibility; it's another to be able to reset expectations and, and to really, you know, keep your, you know, in my case, mortgage brokers. You know, there's a lot of them. They're all over the country. They're hearing different things. They're hearing things from you know opposing uh, views. And in order for me to consistently be the person that they believe in, that they know is their guy, you know, I got to keep 
delivering new results. And, and that's my whole thing is I, I, I approach every day with such a sense of urgency. And that's why I wake up at the time I wake up is because I, I know I have to deliver more results. I have to get more done for them. And um, luckily, we've been able to deliver results. And you mentioned something about social media because you said <laughs> team members that, you know, will read comments. And I mean, social media is a big part of our life right now. You know, it is what it is. Um, I always advise athletes, entertainers, whoever that's trying to make a, um, who's, who's trying to succeed in life, um, not to pay attention to social media, <laughs> good or bad. Right? You know, somebody tell you you're good, then you're too overconfident. Somebody say you're bad, then you lose confidence. You know, talk talk to me a little bit about this social media thing. You know, can it work for you if you use it the right way? Or, you know, what is it about? Well, I think, you know, social media, I didn't have social media up until I started doing brawl, basically. So, okay. like, when I was at Garden State Home Loans, I was too busy being at Garden State Home Loans to think too about. Too busy doing your job. Yeah, doing my job, folks, <laughs> own business. So I never got into it. But when I, you know, started brawl, I, it, it really turned into such a powerful uh, mechanism to be able to talk to so many people and touch so many people because every single time, you know, for every like, you know, that means 300 people are going to see that. Uh, so if, if you did a video talking about somebody's bad practices and somebody likes it, 300 people just saw it. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very powerful platform. They're all very powerful platforms. And, and there's no doubt it's just going to continue to evolve because that's where, you know, younger people are, are gravitating to. But I think there is, you know, an education. And, and it, it really comes down to, like, using I want to say common sense, but also like not being lazy. Um, and, and when I say not being lazy, it's like I could go through my news feed and see any opinion about political people or mortgage people or anything. And if I just read the headline, if I just read what that one person says, and I take that as like an informed opinion and that's going to be my view, that's not that's that's lazy. you know make make the investment, learn about what's really going on. And the, and the funny thing is that's happened is, is, is I've seen it go, you know, full circle is, you know, I came out talking about what brokers are better and retail loan officers should become brokers and all that stuff. And I would have, you know, retail LOs and people from, you know, that side of the channel, you know, come after me aggressively. And then as they kept following and watching and watching and watching and hearing success stories, all of a sudden these people would reach out to me and be like, hey, you know, I know we, we had a little dust up a couple months ago, <laughs> but I want to talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, to me, it's like, I just know that I need to be consistent. I need to make sure that everybody looks at things and, and isn't surface level. Because so many people these days are surface level. Like, make the investment in learning the subject. If you, if you really care about it, don't just take somebody's opinion and adopt it as your own. Learn about it. So lesson to be learned, if you're going to go on social media, don't just read the headline, right. actually read the article and make an informed decision before you jump to a conclusion. And also, by the way, what is that? They say, don't press send. Like, think about oh, it yeah. once you oh, write yeah. it. Yes. I'm sure you've been there, yeah. right, where you've been in a, an emotional situation. You've got a tweet or a Facebook post composed, and then maybe you have to take a step back for a second and re, rethink it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I agree. You know, to me, I tell everybody there was, there was a post by a broker on social media yesterday, and he was, you know, kind of showing a, a response that a customer had towards a request of, of, of the broker. It was very aggressive in nature, and he, you know, he was kind of like, "Oh, I just want to tell this guy to go buzz off," and you know, I told him, I said, "Take a deep breath, you know, sleep on it, but." do what you have to do to keep the business. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, customers can be difficult. People can be difficult. You know, he, that guy can be having a bad day. You know, take another look at it tomorrow. Don't be emotional. Don't be reactionary. So, you know, I, I, I have to take my own advice sometimes, too. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, we all do it. Uh, it's been great uh, getting to have this conversation with you, uh, getting to know more about your story and what makes you tick. I mean, 
like we said off the top of the show, you can't just wake up and have the ability to get up at 2.30 in the morning. But now you know, Mateem, if you send Anthony an email, he's going <laughs> to respond to you at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, just know that when you wake up, whatever time you get up, that email is going to be in your inbox. Oh, definitely. That, that'll that be the key. And before we let you go, let me get this one last question in because I, I got to ask this. Um, because... I remember going to college and everybody had to stand up and say their major and what was their goal. And, you know, okay, if that don't work, then what's plan B? Uh, and for me, people looked at me crazy and I said, I don't have a plan B. Um, my goal was to make it to the NBA and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, and I didn't have a plan B. So for you, um, is there a plan B? Is this, it has to work. You know, what is it for you? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, truthfully, I want to positively impact as many people as possible. So, you know, this is my plan right now, and this is all I'm going to be focused on for the foreseeable future. I tell everybody it's, you know, 50% market share bus. When we get to 50%, you know, I'll have to figure out what my next plan is. But it, whatever I do in life, it's going to be based upon helping whoever these people are in whatever walk of life be better. Like that, right. that's, that's what my focus is. So I don't know what that is, but right now there's only, there's only one thing that I'm going to focus on and literally I'm not going to stop until it happens. It's 50% <laughs> market share or nothing. So right. that's my goal and that's what I'm going to stick with. I can guarantee you're going to be all in. Yeah. Until I'm we on. get that 50% <laughs> yeah. market share. Yeah. And I have no I doubt, you. I have no doubt that whoever listens to this is, is going to be better as a result of, of what they heard. So thank you again for joining us and for sharing your story. Thank you guys for having me. It was Good great. Stuff. 